Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. Some of you may have heard me on our guest's podcast because it got a lot of publicity from something that I said. So since Turnabout is fair play, please welcome Caroline Stansberry, podcaster, luxury brand ambassador, ex-cast member from the Ladies of London, which is the British equivalent of Real Housewives, and I'm just going to say it, Jet Setter. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. I mean, first of all, I was so excited that you came on mine, but uh, thank you so much for having me back. Well, I am thrilled to have you. And since Sabrina was not on our podcast, on your podcast, she's got a lot of catching up to do. Absolutely. So, I get to join in on the conversation. Which was so much fun. I, You come from a very um, proper English family. Yeah. How did you get to Ladies of London? I mean, it was probably the worst news my parents could have ever received. Um, to be honest, by the time we were doing Ladies of London, I obviously in America, you guys were quite used to housewives and things like this. And reality TV was a big thing in America. But for us, we were one of the first. I mean, they had they had like made in Essex or whatever it was, Essex ones. But no, um, you know, aristocratic families had ever been on reality TV. It was seen as something low class people did, sort of in England. <laughs> and no, honestly, I know it sounds no, ridiculous. it's true. It's it's true. Yes. And so my parents were absolutely horrified. Like, why? We brought you up the right way. You went to good schools. Why do you need to do this? Don't tell your grandmother. She's 90 years old. She will die. Yeah, this, um, this will yeah. kill her. This will ki- that, that was actually what my mother said. It, she, she will. She doesn't watch TV anyway. She's going to die at some point. It's best <laughs> you just don't tell her. Nice. So, um, how did I, I had a very big company at the time. I was bought by um, a couple, you know, I was had investors that were huge, huge funds, and they sort of $22 billion worth of investors. Um, and what was and your was company? On, it was called giftlibrary.com. Mm-hmm. And I think I was under an immense amount of pressure to take it to the next level. And when this came, they were looking for female entrepreneurs, CEOs. I was, you know, there weren't a lot of us around at this time. And um, I think they, I saw this as a stepping stone. It was like, what do you do? How do you get famous in America? Do I, you know, buy a billboard and put my company on it? Or do I go into reality TV? And so that was really the reasoning behind me more more than anything. Because I was thinking, you know, I just had twins. I'd, I'd got a company, you know, I was thinking... Uh, I, this will catapult my company to the next level. And did it? No. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> Absolutely not. How, and how um, did that happen? Um, well, many reasons. Um, I can't really go into because it's, uh, it wasn't to do with the show. It was more to do with investors and things like this. But no, I lost it on the show. Um, you'll get an I hate to, As happened. a producer, I hate to say it makes for great TV. Oh, epic TV. The, these, other, these other girls on the show were fighting about where they were going to have a baby shower. And I had a crisis. I had 80-something employees and we were about to go under. I mean, you know, I was brilliant TV for, for the network. Absolutely. And you, your podcast is called Divorced Not Dead. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you see that I think that's probably why it's 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 sort of steaming ahead at the moment and doing so well. I couldn't understand how I've ended up where I've ended up with it. But I think, you know, it says what it. It is, right? Right. Because um, yeah. you, you got divorced after, what, 17 years? Yes. We, well, we're married 16, together 18. Yeah. Are you still friends? We are now, Sabrina. Like, literally now, we're probably, we're getting to the stage where I would say he's going to be a great friend. But it, it's, okay. it's been a very rough ride. And you've picked up and moved, I mean, really far from home. To be, well, so I, the kids are near him. Well, no, no, no. I moved with him. Uh, so so okay. I moved here. What a culture shock was it going from London to Dubai? 
Well, you know, funnily enough, I mean, there was when 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 I when I lost the company, it was very funny because obviously, you know, the press and people love to stir shit. So I heard a lot of like I was moving to Dubai to get away from lawsuits. I'd lost all my money, and that's why I was going to Dubai. And I'm like, anyone that knows anything about anyone, anything knows that you can't run away from a lawsuit by moving country. Um, if you've uh, lost all your money. I, this, there were just so many things about why I was moving to Dubai. It was never about that. I, my my husband at the time was working in Kazakhstan, and it was just simply a move of where his then boss um, wanted his company. And he said, you know, we're all. And, and actually, it was a really nice break because I decided to leave the show myself. Um, I'd had enough being on on uh, reality TV. I'd done four years. I was really done. And I said, um, you know, it was a perfect like move for me he he i i followed my husband it was his job nothing more sinister than that you know you talk about being sick of reality tv i don't think people understand what hard work it is i mean it's it's a bit like being pregnant i was sick of it by then but would i go back now probably because you forget right yes of course um, yeah. So when you're in it, you're like, I'm never having another fucking baby. And then, you know, one comes out and two years later, you're like, oh, I'll do that again. Um, so, you know, yes, I was, it was really hard work. And because when you're, when it's your real life and actually, you know, it's make the, me losing the company or all these other things that were going on in my life made great TV. It was actually my life. Right. Right. <laughs> you, you were literally living your life out loud in front of everyone. Yeah. And it's it that it can be taxing totally, and you don't get any respite. You don't get a day where you go, you know. Actually, I can't do this because you know, as you all know, production is what twenty five to fifty thousand dollars a day. So, like, you know, I don't. You don't get to stay in bed and go today. I don't really feel like it. it. It's happening, and actually, those are the days that make the best TV for everybody. Because you know, when actually watching it back, I was like, this is genius. TV. If it wasn't my life, this is great to watch. Yeah, I mean, because what I don't think people realize is. It's exhausting. Yeah. Because you, you, really have to, to, you have to be on all the time and the hours are insane. Relentless. Plus you're trying to actually run a company at the same time. Well, you know, having done also, you know, um, even I, I'm sure with like fashion police, you have to be so aware of every word that comes out of your mouth because one word misconstrued the wrong way can literally ruin your life. And so as much as it's reality TV, and it is, because you can't possibly watch the word for 12, you know, at the beginning, we all start, when you start reality TV, you start, you know, you, and the cameras walk in, you're polite as anything. And then 12 hours later, you're like, oh, you know, the swear words start happening. You know, you, you, you start screaming at your kids again, because, you know, you, you line your kids out up like it's the Von Trapp family at the beginning. <laughs> and by the end of it, you're like, okay, the kids are fighting and screaming and you're like, ah, and it, the real life comes out. And that's the whole aim of reality TV, because they know the first two to three hours, you can be the perfect family. And by the, you know, the 10th hour, you can't. Yeah, you're ex and that's when they get the best stuff is when you're exhausted and they make sure you are exhausted. Or when drunk. I did or drunk, <laughs> which by the way there is a very big show here that shoots part of it always super late at night and after they've been feeding the cast drinks, so they're tired and drunk and emotional. Yeah, best TV. Which is the best. See, I remember um but you talk about on the like when my mom and I did Celebrity Apprentice, what people don't get is a you're exhausted, you're working. I mean, the men had it a little bit easier because they don't have to go into hair and makeup, but all the women have you know five a.m., five thirty, six a.m. hair and makeup call times. You're working till late at night, and you get one day off. Plus, you're trying to manage your real life. And makeup takes a good one and a half to two hours in hair. I remember I used to get to the point because, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You get hair and makeup every day. I'm like, I just want people to get off me. If I never have hair and makeup again, I'm a happy person. Like my my poor Luke, who was on the show with me, I used to make him, and this is going to come across so bad, but I used to make him sneak into my bedroom while I was asleep and try and do my face asleep on the pillow. You're not the first person I think person that's, I think, listen, that's very smart. Sorry. By the way, you're not the first person who has done that. I am infamous for passing out in the hair and makeup chair. And my mother could <laughs> sleep sitting straight up. Like she would nod down. But literally her longtime makeup artist, Adele, could do her basically almost 100% asleep in the chair. 
Right, Sabrina? Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, definitely. I, I made him come into the bedroom. I didn't even yeah. get out of bed. I was like, and if you wake me, you die. And he was my <laughs> best friend. But like, I mean, you know, it was hilarious. And they do become your best friend because they're the only people you see. That and the audio guy who always has his hands up and down your shirt and your pants. Best job ever for him. Yes. Yeah. Except, except when you go to the loo and you forget that's and the you worst. drop and the and the mic pack falls in the toilet. Have you had that right. happen? I've had that and I've also done the I've done the number two and had a heart attack. Oh jeez. They're oh supposed my. to turn off your audio when you do that. I know, but who remembers? Yeah, exactly. You're going Who remembers? Or it's you know, you're like just like I mean, you remember after it happens to you once. You never do it again. Yeah. Ever. It never happened to me again, but it happened. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. So your marriage survived the show? It I'm... did survive the show. So what finally happened? I mean, you pick up, you move to Dubai, mm -hmm. regardless, big move for you and the kids, whole new way of life with all sorts of, I mean, you're very open and free, a lot of rules that suddenly you had to think about i mean you survived a reality show you survived a move what there couldn't be any more stress what happened well i think there was i think you know when you're going through a business and you know which that was my baby i'd done seven years of that and you're an autopilot when you've built a business and you're in the middle of all that sort of shit show by the end of that happening and me making the move i was like that's it i'm going to be the world's most perfect wife because remember you know uh, he'd been gone. He was working in Kazakhstan two weeks uh, of a month. Then I was busy all the time building my company. And anyone knows it's got a startup and you've got 80-something employees. You're working or 70-something employees. You're working from, you know, seven in the morning. I had an hour's journey home and back each way. Um, and you, you, you work 12-hour days, right? So really, you're not – none of the you're cracks are showing. Yeah, you're, 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 you're whatever. You're, you, have a, you have amazing, like – business relationship. You're a team, right? You're just, you get the kids and I'll do this and I'll pick this up and it just works. Then I decided after that, you know, I'd, I'd left the show. It was a big thing for me to leave the show. And I was like, you know, what am I, am I going to be okay if the show continues without me? How am I going to feel? Well, yeah, I'll be fine. I'm in Dubai. I'm going to go to Dubai. I'm going to be the best wife ever. I'm going to change my life. I haven't been present for, you know, eight years of my children's lives. I'm now going to be a stay at home, cooking, perfect, cleaning mum. And of course, couldn't do it right I mean I'm a I, my head works in a different way to other other you know to, to to that I I just was like okay I can't do this I you know I remember coming home from I, I needed business trips I needed to build a business and I built a business again and then you get going and I remember coming home and he was used to it and he, well there was one trip and the, the loo had broken and I literally walked through the door with my bags and he handed me a loo brush or something and said mend the loo and I'm like Okay, um, I don't want to be that wife. I don't want to be that wife. Just why didn't you just call the fucking maintenance? You know, so I just I think that more time together, maybe, or I just think we grew different ways. He really wanted that classic wife. He was so excited to have a stay at home wife that he would be the breadwinner and I would be waiting at home with a beautifully cooked meal. Um, and I'm just I'm the woman that sets fire to pasta. You know, I'm just not that woman. Neither am I. Well, good yeah. for you for, you know, making that decision that this is what I need something different. This is not who I am. And a lot of well, women, a lot of people have a difficult time having the courage to to actually say, no, this is not me. You know what else? I used to watch other people, okay? I used to watch other people go out for dinner and they'd be on their second marriage and you'd see these people like holding, and I'm British, you see, and I was in boarding school from seven to 18. So no one, I never got hugged as a child. I was, you know, like, I mean, if you cried at night, no one was coming, right? So you just always knew that from seven. And I actually went to a therapist once and she said, basically you've been in, in like, um, you know, in the army, for your entire yes. life, where someone's told you to get up, go to bed, make your bed, you know, always told you what to do. So I, I think I searched that out in my husband, right, who was an amazing man. He's a very kind man, but he, he took the role, right, of that man. So he would talk to me like I was this child. I never had, you know, it was always like, you know, he always knew better. He always, it was always his way. And then I realized, and I'd look at other people and I think, you know, because I wasn't a huggy person, so I never looked for that. Didn't want my hand held, didn't want my hair stroked in public. If someone kissed me in public, I'm like, oh my God, people can see. And um, then I, I, I think the older I got 
And when after everything had gone, I looked at other people and I'd see them holding hands and I'd see them sort of kiss at dinner or really talk to each other. And I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have that. I want that. And then I just realized what was missing. And it's very hard to go back and rewrite the rules when you set the rules for so so long. And actually talking to him now, he said, but you made me that way. I would try and do those things. And you told me to get, what are you doing? Get off me. And he's probably right. To be fair, I don't remember, but he's right. I'm sure because he remembers a lot more than I do. Yeah. Well, you, you went through a whole, you were evolving and really becoming in touch with who you really are. And like you said, your, your husband was like, you kind of set this up. So, you know, in hindsight, being able to look back and go, wow, I really did play a part in that. Yeah, I do. I know I take full responsibility for what's happened. But, you know, that's when everyone goes, well, what happened? And I'm like, there is, you know, no, he wasn't unfaithful. Not as far as I know, nor did I ask, nor do I care. Nor was I as far, you know, but I mean, even if I was, I wouldn't be telling you or him. Oh, yes, you would. You would have to tell me because I told you that I was thinking about adopting. So you owe me one big juicy one. No, I mean, you know, look, for me, Was I looking for something else? I was, you know, I was open, I was looking and I'm not proud of myself for these things. But, you know, at the same time, I knew that I, I wanted something different. Um, And I wanted, I wanted what other people had. And I knew that I couldn't get it at home in that way. And I, but I, you know, I did other things. I, I traveled all the time. So like I looked for any excuse to look at, I knew when someone asked me, when did you know your marriage was over? I knew it was over when I was happier out the house than in it. Right. That's when, you know. Or when they're Uh, out of the house. Yeah. Like either of you, as long as we weren't there together, it was great. And, you know, I think that uh, the things I did, you know, I traveled too much. I drank way too much. I, you know, I was, I was a lunatic in those days because I was on, you know, like uh, anxiety pills, you know, and then the alcohol and then you're this heightened thing of like, you know, did someone see me here? Have I done this? You know, like it's just this horrible, anxious way of living. But, you know, you know, you're just, you don't belong where you, where you are anymore. And, but you, it's so hard because to get out of it and you don't know how to get out of it or who to speak to because everybody loves to judge. And, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, either, regardless of anything going on, it, that's not the reason, you know, the reason was we are just two different people. Now he wants something different and I want something different. Having said that, he's now living his best life. As far as I can see, he's become a bloody, he's, he's working hard and he's now DJing at night, having the time of his bloody life. And everyone's like, oh my God, your ex is so fun. And I'm like, who are you? This is the guy I kind of wanted, but he would never be that guy for me. He can't be that guy. Cause as soon as he gets on the phone with me, we go straight back into, you know, have you picked up the kids? Oh my God, you know, they, this is money and this is all you're getting for this. Or, you know, the clothes are at your house. You haven't done the washing, whatever it is, you know, you go, I can't get that part of him and I never will is my point. It's, it's hard co-parenting. Did you feel guilty being a working mom and like a very serious where I get asked that question all the time. Did I ever feel guilty about the amount of time I spent working? I don't like guilt. And I say that a lot because I, why should you feel guilty for providing, I mean, the best life that you possibly can for your child. And as you know, we actually today, we shouldn't feel guilty. You should feel fucking proud. Excuse my language because with COVID and everything else, everyone's trying to get a job right now. As we talked about before, there is no one income house anymore, really, you know, and everybody, we have two arms, two legs, has to get out of there, out and do something. And, you know, good for you and me that no matter what, I'm 45 years old, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sitting in Dubai, somehow on your podcast, you know, all over People Magazine yesterday, you know, with my podcast that I started, what, five months ago? you know, from sat in my bedroom in Dubai. I mean, you know, how does that happen unless you get chutzpah and get on with it? Because no one's coming to save me. No one's going to pay my bills. No one's going to make it happen for me if I don't make it happen. So I'm teaching my children, yes, I may not be able to go to every sports day or there, but they're here with me. I'm providing all of this you know, I have to pay all my bills. You know, I, 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 it doesn't just happen. And there's nobody that's going to save me as much as my ex may or may not like me. He is not going to come and give me more money ever. 
and I need right. to, you know, and that's it. So, you know, no, I don't feel guilt. I feel immensely proud. And I, I want all women to feel like that. If you have enough guts to get out and make it happen for yourself. No one handed me this. People want to say that, you know, I just got handed everything. No. How many bloody podcasts are out there? How many, how many people have, you know, there are a million right now. Somehow, you know, we're doing it. Somehow, um, my, you know, I became a luxury brand ambassador at 45 years old. This old face is keeping me going somehow. Well, it's not exactly an old face. And good for you. I mean, you literally are teaching your children how to survive. This is what yes. it takes. This is what it means. And good for you. Good for you. Thank you. You know, and I, I, I know, and Sabrina's been a working mom also. So, you know, I, I think that and I obviously came from a family with a working mom without a stay at home no, mom. mom. What? Yeah. My mom what actually else? went in, my mom actually went into labor on stage, but that's a whole. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. She went, she, she had her first labor pain on stage. She caught her breath and finished her show. And I was born at two the next afternoon. And I still run into people who say, I was there the night. So maybe that's where my work ethic comes from. But I think, again, it's so important for children. And you have have a daughter and twin boys. I think it's important for your daughter to see this. But I think it's almost more important for your sons to see this. I know with my son, I know with Cooper, he, for him, a working mom and someone being successful who's a woman does not scare him. He knows that it's not a reflection on him or his abilities. And I think that's very much in this younger generation. They see that because they were raised differently than our parents were. You could have easily taken your inheritance, put your feet up and gone and laid on an island. That sounds really good right now. Yes, I'm kind of, (laughs) as I said, I'm like, you're out of your mind. Why, why, Why are we not there? Right. You know. Yeah, I, we but, all just had, we all suddenly had a cocktail with a flower and an yes. umbrella in our hands yeah. mentally. Why are we all here? Yeah, um, but but you didn't for whatever reason you didn't, and you are doing the same thing, and you're going you're you're working as hard as you ever have, doing all the things you love, and teaching your son that no matter what you get in life, you should still what you need a purpose. You a need purpose. a purpose. You know, and this is your purpose. You didn't have, you don't have to be here, Melissa. You can go and shove your feet up, but you, there's something keeping you here because you love what you do. And I try and explain that to people. I, everyone's like, don't you want to retire? I'm like, no. First of all, I'm year, I'm decades away from retirement age, but that's neither here nor there. It's like, I don't know what I would do with myself. Do you ever think about that? I mean, you tried, you tried to be the stay at home. I mean, that no, should have been a reality show. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, really it should. Um, but you know, the, the, and, and now of course, well, what would I do? I've already thought in my retirement, I am going to go and I'm going to take myself out to an Island. I have a gay best friend and I'm going to, and I always say that cause my, my, my now boyfriend's 20 years younger than me. So well, like, and let's show not- the ring. He's your fiance. Fiance. God. Yes. I hate that okay, word. Put that thing right near the screen, the camera. It's, it's beautiful. That's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, but you know, he was, you know, obviously he's always like, I'm going to be with you to the end. And I'm like, by the, but you know, in 20, when I'm 50, he's, or, or, you know, he's going to be 30 for God's sake. Or when I'm 70, imagine I'm going to look really old. So I said to him, what, I, what will happen is I'll go and retire on this Island with my best boyfriend. And, um, you know, he can go back, back and forth to LA, do his thing and come home to me on the porch. How about that? You know, and I, I, you see, I think relationships are just different today. I just, you know, I'm, I'm open to any which way I can keep him in my life as my best friend, my lover, my, my whatever. But, you know, I'm not, and people think I'm out of my mind that I haven't looked at where this is going to go later. I I don't think about that, nor do I worry about it because I have amazing friends. And, you know, the thought of me living on some island in Mexico with my feet up in a coconut and all I need is a beach bar that people will come to. And they, you know, everyone said no one was going to visit me in Dubai. Well, let me tell you, my guest room is never empty. I actually had to say this guest room is awful. I've turned it into a gaming room and there is no room because my house turned into a hotel. So I think if I move to Mexico or wherever I end up, You'll be um, like that again. Ollie. Yes. I, you know, Melissa, please, if you, if you suddenly went off and bought some sort of beach bar in Bali, you don't think your friends would be there every summer with their kids? Absolutely not. You'll be like, you're so happy to get rid of them by the end of the holidays. One of the things that I'm picking up with you, and I think that's really interesting, and Sabrina has that ability 
too. I do not have it. You're able to say no. Yes. Sabrina can say no too. I mean, jump in here, Sabrina. I can't say no. I'm yeah, terrible at it. You know it. what? It is, it's a process that we all go through. You finally get to a place in your life where you say, you know what? I don't have oxygen for that. I don't have time for that. I don't have patience for that. And you give and give and give and give of yourself. And at some point you do have to have boundaries. And I think that that's how we evolve. Um, as we, you know, we mature and we're able to say, no, I don't need to save the world. I like you. I love you, but I don't need to save the world. I don't need to do all that. And I kind of get that with you. But the one thing that I was thinking about through your experiences that you've gone through, Caroline, what's your best relationship advice you can give? Between like a, a boy, like a lover or a friend? Period. Period. With Through your experiences, through your lens, what's the best relationship advice you can give? Some women say, you know, it's laughter, it's distance, it's What's, oh, which, what's I, your I, thing? I actually want to hear both scenarios, friend and boyfriend, because we all know that I am dating challenge. So we're going to get to I, the fabulous younger fiance who you got engaged in the Himalayas. I mean, you are living your best life. So I want to hear. And, and by the way, you guys are such a gorgeous couple. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Thank you. Well, you're going to meet him. Um, I Well, the best, re- the best thing, and it's so funny because I married, I would have told you something completely different. And now um, the most important relationship advice is, because I would have said distance. I would have said distance. See? I would have, Keep your own life. And now I realize absolutely not. I do everything with Sergio and he, we, uh, but laughter, laughter. We do not take each other seriously. I mean, even down to like, you know, everyone thinks that we, we must be having sex all day, every day, but I do hilarious things. I'll do anything to get out of sex sometimes. And like, you know, he'll say role play and I'll be going, you know, I don't know how to role play. So I'll be going things like, I've been in jail 12 years and nobody's, <laughs> nobody's touched me for that long. So thank you for breaking the cycle. And he was like, that's the worst role play ever. I don't want to have sex anymore. And I'm like, okay, job done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Got it. Um, so I think we just laugh and laugh and laugh. That's the point. Like I, we actually belly laugh and I didn't have that. And also the com- there is, as a, and the point of that sex story is actually that we can laugh about anything. You know, just nothing is that serious. Every day we, we laugh about even like, oh my God, I went and got threads the other day. You know, I got threads in my face. How did that back. go? I haven't done the threading. Well, I just, I did two, two either side, I'll tell you. And we came back and of course, for two two weeks, you can't really like open your mouth that much. So it looks amazing, but you look, look a bit tight and light Barbie and then it kind of settles. Anyway, and he goes, oh my God, oh my God, where have your wrinkles gone? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And he goes, I loved your wrinkles. And, I'm and like, all oh. you hear is, yeah. oh my God, wrinkles. you can see my wrinkles. Yeah, wrinkles. <laughs> I didn't even know I had any. What do you mean? <laughs> if you fire my doctor immediately. And, and, and it's just so funny because the things, you know, the, we talk about everything and the things that you think I'm hiding from him and all the things because of the age, the things he actually loves. So we have such a line of communication that, as I said about retiring, you know, and I'm like, I'm fully aware that in 20 years, I'm going to be look very old next to him. And I'm fully aware of that. So I'm like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll renegotiate with him. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, you go out once a week and get your, get your kicks because I won't be able to move and you'll just push me around in my wheelchair. And, and, and I'll be okay with that. And he's laughing going, I won't need anything if we just laugh and talk like this, but that's, what's so cute. We talk about it. And I didn't have that. How did you guys meet? He was in my audience of my first, so this podcast that you're, that I wasn't alive, it was a, it was a tour that I was going on. So everyone just, I used to get so many questions on my Instagram, just girly questions. And, and my girlfriend was like, you should take this on tour of like your life theories. So I got a whole load of, you know, very successful, different dynamics of women 
Um, I think I brought Tracy Tutor on. I brought Alexandra von Furzenberg, women with different life stories that I really love and admire. And I did this show, and he was in the audience. But because he's Spanish, um, he doesn't. He didn't wasn't speak. He didn't. He didn't know it was a women's empowerment speech kind of thing. <laughs> and he was the only man. And except for there was, I think there was my gay producer there. Anyway, so he was the only man in the audience, and we all saw him because we were all like a whole load of women going, "Oh, he's hot." And actually, my girlfriend was single. I wasn't. I was still married. So really. You know, yeah. Um, but I was setting him up with my girlfriend who was like, he's so hot, Shiva, who had just broken up with her boyfriend. Um, so I, you know, but it just, we became friends and it grew slowly in a very natural way because I wasn't looking for anything. And because I thought he was perfect for my girlfriend, it took all the sort of things out. And also when I met him, he was 31 which I told you, by the time um, we started dating and a bit later, it turns out he was 24. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he he aged himself up. Yeah, Benjamin fucking Button over here. Yeah. Right, yeah. Did he, he always like, like a more mature, I don't want to say older because I always. hate that word. Really? Yes. So what did I mean, his mother do to damage him that he is looking for mommy? Well, you say that. That's, you know, I wondered because at the beginning, everyone, you know, the natural reaction from your friends is like, you know, he wants a rich divorcee. He's looking for, you know, what what is a 24-year-old doing with a, you know, woman your age and all this kind of stuff. And as I said, you know, by the time I found out, it was a bit late. Um, and he, he always had a reason that he hadn't got his passport. He hadn't got his driving license. And I'm like, okay, I, that should have sent alarm bells. Um, but uh, his mother just came to stay with me for 10 days, actually. And the fir first time the mother found out, she cried four times, but not from happiness. And um, then she came to stay with me. And I think what what I noticed is, and I, you know, at the beginning I thought, it's so weird because I'm so British and I left my parents at the age of seven. You know, I, I, I speak to my parents, my parents visit me twice a year. I speak to them probably once a month. He speaks to his mother every night before, on FaceTime before they go to bed. I'm lying oh. in bed and he's on FaceTime with her every single night. And he's like, he's actually planning. He wants us to have a baby so she can move here and bring it up for us. Wow. Yes, I I'm like, I mean, I love his mother, but like, I don't want her in the to live with us. Um, but you know, it, it's so, but then on the other hand, I'm like, how amazingly sweet is this? Like what man loves his mother like that? So what, how did she damage him? I don't think she really damaged no, him somehow. She did He's not. He's like, she, she did, did not. Maybe she it's because not. he has such a good relationship with her. Let no, me tell that you he something. Like, no, that he likes, he understands she, women that are more mature. Do you, do you understand? She came here for 10 days, 10 days. Well, when my parents come here, I'm like, here are the keys, do your own thing, I've got to go to work, right, and do my stuff. Like, he got up every single day. He took her to every single um, monument, every single museum, every single island, every hotel. They had dinner at the top of the Burj Arab. They went to the, 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 the desert. They've seen, she saw more of Dubai than my parents have in eight years. It's five years of being here. And, and every day he was gone all day, driving his mother around and, you know, in the, in the Porsche, showing her off every single, she was having the time of her life to the mosques, to the this. And I was like, how do you have the patience to do this? But he genuinely loved it. And when she, when he dropped her off, he burst into tears. Really? Like, I, at the end of 10 days, I'm like, good ready to see you in another year. <laughs> well, you know what? That's an, that may be indicative that he will not just will you off someday and oh, just no. walk away. He sounds like a very, very, very good person who genuinely cares and loves. And I remember wanting to be with right. older older men, and I never looked at something I was missing from my father. I just enjoyed being with older men. I I think you're right. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. And if I keep this, you know, and I always said to myself, what does it matter if he, you know, it, my ex-husband could have left me in five years. You know, it, it doesn't, he's here, he's now listening. Um, he's just walked in. But, you know, my ex-husband could have left me in five years. So I was like, well, what does it matter if I've had five amazing years with him? Let, let's say hi. Hi, hi. hi, handsome. Hi, handsome. Hi. How are you today? Hi, handsome. Let's <laughs> um, No, so like, and yeah, he's so pretty anyway. So anyway, I, you know, I was willing to take whatever I, however long it lasted in a way. But yeah, he, he 
even when we go out, he looks, he goes, oh, she's a beautiful woman. And he'll, you know, he'll look at um, women our age and just, he, he just appreciates them. He never really looks at the young ones. He always goes, isn't she beautiful? Doesn't she look amazing? Or, he is, know, he's a, a rare We're going to have to, we need to clone him. Yes, because, I yeah. mean, I know, you know, too, just in general, all these men of a certain age, all they want is like a 28-year-old. Most men men our age. That's what I'm saying. That's what's so interesting. Yeah. Which, why do you think that is? I don't, I don't, I actually don't know because what Sergio, I think, really loves about me as well is that I've actually got my shit together. You know, that I I can, can, I'm good in a crisis. I'm a problem solver. I I get stuff done. I don't need him for anything. He's my cherry, not my cake. You know, well, he's in the whole cake too, but like, you know, but I think uh, young men think they want the, they want them as a trophy. They think they want it. But then what happens is, you know, like they invite them on holiday. Then suddenly they've lost their passport. They've run out of money. They can't pay their bills. They need the, you know, can you pick me up from the airport? They just have like, they have no life experience. They know, really don't. Yeah. They, suddenly they're they really just don't. fixing everything. Right. And then they get tired of it. My brother-in-law was dating a younger um, woman and he was complaining because she didn't know who Paul Newman was. Her only reference to Paul Newman was the dressing. And I was like, you need to fucking get a peer. Yes, quickly. <laughs> oh quickly. my God, you've never told me that. You almost just killed me <laughs> taking a sip of... You never told me that. <laughs> I mean, it is funny because I do have some things that, you know, there are movies that I, I <laughs> that he's never seen, you know, all of these things because he he is, I mean, it is, it's 18 years, not 20, but it's, you know, it's a big difference. That's significant. It's significant. It's significant. But you're making it work. We are making it work and we're making, we're more than making it work, you know, um, and he's only actually, as I said to you, he's the, one of the most, he's the most mature relationship I've ever had. I don't notice my wrinkles. I don't notice <laughs> my, you know, my anything with him. I thought he would make me feel what I mean is insecure, more insecure about myself. Everyone's like, how do you get undressed in front of him? Or like, you know, do you have to turn the lights out or do you just don't standing next to him? Don't you feel old? And I'm like, actually, he's never made me feel anything, but I wake up every day with a happy person who goes I love you I love you he'll be just writing his things and he goes I love you and like for no reason like 57 times a day I'll just get I love you and I'm just reading the newspaper or doing my thing and it's like you know there's no reason behind anything he just wants you to know you know and I'm like well he's more in touch with his emotions than any man I've met you know men can't wear their heart on their sleeves like that and especially with me when he gets nothing back I'm like you know I'll be reading the newspaper I'm like shut up you know, and he's like, I love you. I'm like, okay, but I, you know, I, I, I'm doing this now. And, and, and I don't, and I don't give it back enough. And sometimes I go, shit, I really should have just said, I love you back instead of shut up. Um, but it's just how, you know, it's just so inbred in me. It's just like, you know, you hear that and you're like, what do you want? (laughs) Yeah. It's a stiff, it's being raised stiff upper lip. So you brought up that you have done the threading. Yes. You're very open about stuff you've tried, things you want to try. What, what, why are you so open? I mean, you're beautiful. Like, why are you so, why, why, it's like my mom, why are you so open about it? Well, first of all, I've actually been hired as the face of a cosmetic um, healthcare company here. So one of the fourth largest in the world. So, I mean, like, you know, it's what I do for a day living. I get to try all these amazing things out. I'm very, very lucky. And I, because, you know, they're not major things. I think women sometimes, you know, it, they they find it hard to grow grow older, right? And growing yes. older is, is a difficult thing. It's not like we want to be frozen in time, although it would be nice. Um, it's just about doing little things, upkeeping things that if you knew could just make you feel so much better. Like, have you you can see a forty five year old woman, or you can see a forty five strung out old woman, right? Right. And sometimes when life has been hard, right? And you've had kids and you've maybe had a post-divorce and you're, you're not quite, and as you said, every guy wants a 20 year old and you just, you get not, life knocks you down. I want women to know that you don't have to sit there. You can do little things. You can do so many things to yourself that just improve you without going into massive surgery and coming out looking like a Kardashian. You don't need to change yourself. You can just tweak yourself and feel 
10 years younger, even down to just whitening your teeth and, yes. and getting rid of gray hair can take years off you. But if you knew that threads is, this took five minutes. I was in there five minutes and out. And suddenly my face is like, I, don't, I won't need to do anything for another five years. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm good. I don't need a facelift. I don't need to go into surgery. I've, I, look, I, I look pretty great. You do. You look amazing. Yes, you do. You look yes, amazing. Yes, you do. Um, I, yeah, so do ahead. you. But go on. I, and, and, and I want to share that because I hate it when you see people who go, you know, you know they've done something. You know. And, and then they, they lie. Didn't do it. And then yes. they lie. And then they lie. It's the yeah. lying that. Why? Well, it's just like with all the retouching, nobody looks like certain things that we see on Instagram and in the media and all that, which is why when an accidental uh, unretouched photo comes out, people are so shocked. Yes. I mean, I wish I could walk around with a ring light all day, but we can't. So you can't. You know, it is what it is. You know, I, I tend to, you know, all of us use those smoothers and things like this. I have freckles, which I hate. So I smooth my skin out. But like at the end of the day, I don't want to look like a completely different picture on my Instagram that when people meet me, you know, that I can still be recognized on the street or people meet me and they go, holy shit, she looks awful. You know, I'd like to look great for my age. And I feel like I, I feel the best now, is that to do with him as well? Because he gives me the confidence. I feel the best I've ever felt. But Which I'm in control of my, yeah, I'm in control of my own life. I have a beautiful boyfriend who makes me feel amazing. And I, you know, the little things that I do, um, you know, they just make me feel good about, it's not to make me feel better than you or to walk down the beach and go, you know, I, I, to, 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 to look like Barbie. So it's an, an unattainable thing. I've had three children. I have not had major surgery. I have not done anything major. But if you wanted to, I didn't know at the time I had my children that you could actually have someone come in while the children were being taken out and pull your stomach down. I probably would have done it. But because Ooh. I had a yeah, because I had a C-section and I did go through a lot of pain, I can't, I won't do a mummy makeover because it's too painful. I remember those feelings, but I would have loved to. And I, if I'd known it was available, I would have done it. So, right. I, you know. Yeah, and it, it, what's interesting, and I, I just flashed on this, the other day a friend of mine came to me and said that another friend said she needed to get her eyes done. Oh, and she goes, eyelids. what do you think? And I took a minute to say, should I be honest? And I said to her, it, it's time. And I was so scared how she was going to react. But I felt so much better that I was honest with her. Yeah, you're a good friend. I mean, I'm dying to do my eyelids. I haven't done them yet. But, I, I, you know, that's a great thing. That takes 10 years off you right there. Right. right. But it's the not fact a major that, surgery. First of all, I was shocked that she asked. Well, Melissa, I don't think of, if I had a ton of friends that you would be the one that I came to if I wasn't expecting the truth. <laughs> I mean, if I wanted it wrapped up with a bow, I think you're pretty like me. I don't think that you're the person to do that. I think people know who you are. That's your, you know, you're a very honest, forthright front person. That's why I would like, you know, a friendship with you because I know that the, I'm going to get the truth when people like people either really like me or they can't bear me because exactly that I don't I don't sugarcoat I go yes actually your bum looks huge in those you know but in a funny way like yeah you know, yes, I, I would say something I remember my girlfriend just um was putting on white jeans and she you know she was one of my best friends and she was laughing she goes well, how do these look and I said they look like vacuum packed sausages and she goes well that's that then and took them off yeah but that was it it wasn't a whole you know song and dance of like crying and like you know it was like you know she was like thank you which is 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 great you brought up children then mm -hmm that Sergio wants to have kids, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to go surrogate? Are you going to try? Are you going to, I mean, where's your head with that? Well, my head is I've got to get to LA and freeze these old eggs, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I've frozen three. I've only got, th I only got three out. I, I had a chat with a doctor in LA and I haven't been able to get to LA. So that's the next time I think I really have to get over there. My, the doctor said to me, you've got, you've got this year. Or, or it's over, game over for you. So, I mean, of course, I want to. He he deserves a baby eventually, and I don't. I know I don't have much time, um, if any. Um, and I, you know, my babies, my boys were were IVF anyway, so it's not it's not going to happen for me naturally. But I do need to get my eggs out, and I need more than three. So I, you know, I, I the the time is 
ticking and he's at an age now he's 27 he's at that age where his biological clock every time he, we walk past a shop with a bit bassinet in it he's like look at the bat it can be like the end of our bed and I'm like oh my god you know he's <laughs> dying every, every picture of a baby he, he, little girls he actually bursts into tears okay so you funny. might you might need to get him a puppy soon yeah I got him a puppy it hasn't worked <laughs> I mean he put a puppy. bow on it put a pink bow on the puppy <laughs> I, someone I, I I had I had a I, I I posted a story of him doing this with the puppy two days ago and floods of messages from women going, oh, God, he needs a baby. Um, so would you would you use a surrogate or would you try and be pregnant well, carry they, again? There you go again. He's like, what am I going to do? Kiss the surrogate's belly? I've got to go in there and like watch her give birth to my baby? He's like, you know, what am I going to He's like, what an experience. I can't go and look at that. So, you know, I think I'm going to have to go again, aren't I? At oh. least he's honest and you're ready, you're ready to embrace it, whatever that looks like. So yes. I'm terrified to ask this. Oh, God. What is next and what brands are you working with? Um, what is next? So, I mean, I work with for, uh, Jacob & Co. I work with Aqual, the la largest hotel group in the world. I work with um, Funds. I work with so many different brands. It's so exciting. So... Um, the hotels, I'm traveling for two months now, which is, uh, you know, it's a really tough job to have to travel from hotel to hotel. So It yeah. is. Yes, awful. Um, but I, I love working with them and it's, it's so much fun. And so we, we just made a brand out of each, it. I'm building a hotel in Dubai as well, um, an eco resort. Forgot about that. So that's starting as soon as I get back um, with, a, with, a, with a, my partner is a man that I met on the, in the Himalayas. Yeah, where you got engaged in the Himalayas. What were you yeah, doing in the Himalayas? Oh, it's a very funny story. So I have ADD. Don't you know? You go to a dinner party. I, I, I had a, I had a charity with Ben Stiller, Susan Sharon, Madeline Stowe, and one of the prizes was this world's greatest explorer. He's amazing. He does all the Leonardo DiCaprio foundations. And I was sat next to him. And, you know, I think I had one ear on, really. We're best friends now. It's really funny. But he goes, well, you've got to climb the Himalayas with me. I didn't even know what the Himalayas were. And I, you know, I think I just went, yeah, 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 and turned around. I said, of course, you know, we'll, we'll climb the Himalayas. And anyway, the time came and each week he was like, well, we're, we're going in a week. We're going in two weeks. And I was like, well, you know, I hadn't Googled the Himalayas. I think I thought I was going to Courchevel for a week, right? So, <laughs> no, no, but no joke. Yeah. So um, everyone kept saying, have you trained? And I'm like, trained? He said, you don't need to train. And I'm like, no, I haven't trained. And then North Face said they'll sponsor me. So I went to North Face. And they kept coming out with like balaclavas and like heat packs, this camel thing, like all this equipment. I'm like, oh, I don't need that. Oh, I won't need that. And I'm like, they're like, well, trust me, why don't you just take it? And whatever you don't use, bring back. And he, he thought I was like crazy. In my head, every lunch I was going to be drinking Glühwein, you know, walking up the mountain. I had a little car behind me that if I got tired, it would just, you know, pick me up because he said, you know, we could get off the mountain if we wanted to. Now, let me tell you, when that helicopter dropped me on the Himalayas, okay <laughs> with my chanel suitcase like no no joke i had like i had crop tops i had crop tops no thermal underwear i took crop tops i looked around and i was like there's no cars cattle carried my suitcase cattle okay i'm like there was no loo the biggest commodity on that on that mountain was loo roll i was nine days on the mountain i washed I couldn't wash for six because all the water had frozen. I had couldn't brush my teeth. I was walking 12 hours pretty much a day, but that's not like I did 10 minutes on a treadmill, incline 12 and got off in preparation <laughs> for this. Okay. And then suddenly I, I went higher than Everest base camp. You need to holy know what I did. Holy shit. Yes. Holy shit. I went holy higher shit. than Everest base camp. How? I have no idea. The first two days, my knees gave way. I couldn't straighten my legs. I was climbing. I was like, how am I going to get off this mountain? I realized there was no way off this mountain because you are, there's, there's nothing. The first day we got to the lodge, we had to walk another four hours because my lodge had burnt down that day. It was still oh, smoldering when we arrived. <laughs> I, was like, I was meant to be in that. It was still <laughs> smoldering. And he goes, oh, well, we'll just walk another four hours. And you're so tired. And I, I did nine days on a mountain. Nine days, no, the, the bathroom situation. 
You I couldn't no do idea. the bathroom situation. Oh, you I have couldn't no do idea. it. You think birth, childbirth was undignified? No, 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 no. This is a whole nother level. This yeah, is I a can't, whole nother level. I have you, retired from doing things that do not involve indoor plumbing. I had no clue. You Honestly, know what? It's probably good. Glad you. A good thing you didn't have a clue because you wouldn't have gone. No, I would not have gone. And I, the dinners in the night, I'm like, well, where's the alcohol? I was thinking well, the first night I was like, well, at least, you know, gla- nice glass of Glühwein, a warm toddy to get me going, you know, because you're freezing. It's minus 18 at the end. And they go, you can't because your brain will explode. Yeah, because of the altitude. Yes. There is no alcohol. See, at that My- point, I would have dropped and rolled all the way down. <laughs> you I'd have no been the game over. You have no idea how we had two. We had two doctors with us because some people, some people don't make yeah. it. No, know, those 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 tracks are extremely dangerous. Extremely intense. intense. I I was like I wasn't built for this, but anyway, I did it. Wiped that one off, and um, on the last day with no hair and makeup, frozen. I mean, looking like my face had swollen from the altitude. Like, mm-hmm. like I was like this. I mean, I couldn't see. My hands were swollen. They were swollen like claws because oh, I had, there was no heating. I couldn't even move my fingers. So the ring fell off when he proposed. We actually <laughs> lost the ring. <gasps> Not this one, thank God. It wasn't this one. He gave I, me. First of all, I can't believe he climbed. Carrying a ring that I'm sure he was terrified of losing. No, he didn't. He didn't. He bought one on the mountain. Okay. He didn't. He didn't want to bring it with him. And you know, in the morning he was like whistling away, and we were freezing, freezing. It's so cold in your room. You don't change your clothes for nine days because it's more. You don't want to undress, right? So I'm in my thing, and he's so bloody happy. I'm like, what and you're are like, you doing? why the fuck are you so happy? Yes. I'm like, it was so irritating, and he <laughs> came at me with a tanning mitt. He was tanning my face and the tanner had, uh, had frozen. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I just want you to look pretty. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work. I haven't washed my hair for nine days. They think that tanning lotion's going to help. And it was freezing. I'm like, just get off me. And he's like, you've got to film with, with, the, with the Explorer. And I'm like, I am not letting anyone see this. Now, of course, that picture was the one that went, it went globally everywhere as he, he like, in, uh, asked me to marry him on the mountain, and I my hair is like you know a scarecrow. It was hilarious. Um, so yeah, and my ring fell off, and it was it was like a comedy of errors, really, because what a goes, story. Yeah, everyone everyone is hunting for the ring in the snow. Oh because, my god! Uh, yeah, everyone's like going, oh my god, and they're going, maybe it's good luck that you lost the ring. And he's like, it's not good luck. Find the ring, and we're all looking. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was hilarious, hilarious, and uh, you know, anyway. Well, Caroline, I could talk to you forever. You are funny and beautiful and amazing. And I think I want to be you when I grow up. Caroline Sandsbury, thank you so much for joining us. 